The Long Haul Podcast, America's Irish Voice. Interviews with inspiring immigrants, renowned Irish personalities, and discussions on all things Irish America. Presented by Michael Dorgan. On this week's podcast, I speak to Kerry man Richie Hartnett, who's the chair of the New York Hurling Division and manager of the Waterford Club Senior Hurling Team. Richie gives me an update on the current New York Senior and Junior Hurling Championship season, where his Waterford club side have already secured their place in the Senior Final, which will be played on Sunday, August 21st at Gaelic Park. Waterford will face the winners of Hoboken and reigning champions Tipperary, who meet tomorrow on Sunday, August 14th. Richie also discusses the underage structure in New York and how the county is looking to improve the game in the Big Apple. He is eager for New York to form a senior inter-county hurling team, much like the footballers, as well as a development squad to bridge the gap between minor and adult levels. All of this season's fixtures are on the New York GAA app, which also has match reports from this year Year's hurling championships. We also carry the reports on the longhaulpodcast.com and if you'd like to send in your own match reports or stories about New York GA, please reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter at the Long Hall Podcast. Give us a little background on yourself first, uh, Richie, you're a Kerry man of course uh, yeah. from the from the Ballyhaig area of Kerry. Ballyhaig, Mike, I'll correct you there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I am, yeah. Now, Kerry will be predominantly hurling. Um, you know, you'd have eight teams, eight strong teams that have been there since as, as long as I can remember. Um, and the rest of, you know, hurling will be scattered around Kerry. Um, but, you know, like hurling, hurling and Kerry, and, you know, not just to get away from New York for a second, being a Kerry man, um, you know, hurling and Kerry is obviously a second sport. Um and always has been, probably always will be. Um, but it's nice to see in the last maybe five to ten years, you know, like Dr. Crokes are coming back again in Clarny. There's a team called Tralee Parnells are coming back. You know, the likes of Dingle, Ratmore, they're springing up more and more. You know, you start seeing these names in the in the reports. Like, so it's great. It's great to see teams like that coming back into it, you know. But, um. Still, there's still this bit of disappointment there with, you know, like the Kerry Championship finished last Sunday in the Hurling. You know, the football hasn't even started. There's a lot of Hurling Championships all around Ireland that haven't even started. But the Kerry Hurling's finished. You know, it was just like rushed off. Let's get it out of the way so that we can open up the, the venues yeah. for the football kind of thing, you know. Um, but I guess that's my little rant about Kerry. Yeah, but, but, but like Kerry Hurling is coming on off lot. Sure, this year oh, yeah. it was a very successful year. Unfortunately, tipped at the post in the Joe McDonough Cup, but uh, yeah. it, it's coming on and off the last couple of years. And where you're from is a kind of a, a strong hurling enclave, oh, isn't ma- it? Of ma- massively, massively. I remember being, I'd say I was 10 or 11 years old. I brought, I brought a football down to the sports field in Belly Hike, and there was a man down there, Mike Burkett. He's still probably there. And he used to fix hurlies and whatever. And he came out and he told us he'd, he'd burst the ball with a knife if we didn't take it out of the field. So, <laughs> and that's in Kerry. That's in Kerry. So you can imagine how strong the hurling is. Like, I suppose it's a 10 mile radius in our Kerry, and you have eight teams in the 10 mile radius. So there is, you know, there's yeah, a yeah. lot of, you know, fighting and, and banter and, and whatever goes on there, you know. But, um, you know, it was great to see last year a Kerry team making it to the intermediate All Ireland finals. You know, so you know it's another step in the right direction too. Like, um, so you know, long may that continue. 
And uh, did you? Was it always hurling you played, Richie? Did you play a bit of football, or was it yeah, always hurling? For uh, you? Yeah, we always kind of had a junior as as we grew up. We kind of had a junior football team. We just play probably Division yeah. Five or Division Six in Kerry, like you know. But yeah. It was it was predominantly hurling, predominantly. And tell me about your own background here. What do you do? Uh, what do you do in New York? And when did you come to New York? So I came out in 2008 on a J1. Um, you know, to come out, I, it was 12 months J1. Um, get experience, you know, play a bit of hurling for the summer, go back, go back to college. And, you know, that just never happened. Like, um, ended up staying here. Um, my partner is a, a Galway woman, comes from actually a strong hurling background as well. Um, we have two kids now. Yeah. We still live in the Woodland area. We've a couple of small businesses up here and stuff. So, I I work in construction and Anya does um a lot of office stuff like um office administration, taxes, insurances, you know stuff like that. So, that's ah, good. You know, it's a nice community. We've built up a lot of relationships with a lot of businesses here, and you know, it's good. Life life is good. We can't can't complain right now. Did you meet out here? Did you? We did. Yeah, we met on um. I can't tell you where we really met, but, um, <laughs> but we met on a party bus one night. Um, but yeah, no, we're, we're together nearly nine years now, so going strong. Very good. And so you're involved with the Waterford Club here, Richie. How did you get involved with the Waterford Club? And have you always been involved with the, the Waterford Club here? Um, I When I came out initially, I played with um, a team called New Jersey Kilkenny. They ended up folding and I joined a team called Offaly. Um, I think I joined Offaly and I think I played four years with Offaly. But Offaly won seven in a row here yeah. in the 2000s. And um, they're a very strong team. Um, and then they folded. You know, it, kind of, it seems to be the same story repeating itself. You know, there's a strong team for a while and then yeah. next thing they're gone. Like, and, you know, it's... I know structures have changed to try and change that. Um, you know, when I came out first, there was it was only thirteen aside, and there were six sanctions and two weekenders. So you know, that's eight out of thirteen players were coming from Ireland every year. You basically needed five players to field the team in America, you know, in New York. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'd say maybe six, seven years ago, we'd a, we'd a meeting and and we changed that we brought it down to three sanctions and we got rid of the weekenders and we brought it up to 15 players so it um you know a lot of guys started coming out of the caves that they were in they were hiding away they didn't want to go over on a on on a sunday and end up marking Seamus Canlon. do you know like boys were getting roasted over there and you know it wasn't it wasn't enjoyable anymore um so then kind of once the senior team kind of or the senior division kind of got a structure they set up a junior division and that that took off, you know. And at one stage we had nine teams. Um, then it, it went to eight, and we're currently at seven. But um, you know, it's still it's still a strong seven seven right now. But I ended up at Waterford probably seven years ago, um, whenever or maybe eight years ago. The club was reformed. It was here for the eighties and nineties, yeah. and you know they were kind of in and out. Um, but I've been with them since I played with them for four years um, then I actually hurt my shoulder and the man that was running the team at the time Matt Cashman he moved to San Francisco and I was I was out with my shoulder and they asked me would I take over the team while I was out injured and 
it just I, I've never gone back playing since. Um I actually played a bit of junior this year with Limerick, but um it's been it's been mainly managing managing more. And do you enjoy the management side of it? I I did. Um and you know what? I, I suppose I was lucky in a sense with COVID that I kind of came into and then COVID hit, so I didn't have to deal with the whole sanction side of it and that side of it for two years. Um but no, this year has been an eye opener for me, like dealing with boys coming from Ireland and and accommodations for them, and you know flights and and, and all that kind of stuff, you know. So that's it's the first year for me as as a sole manager doing that, you know. Um, and there's a lot of work to it, you know. Um, it's not just going out and training your team twice a week and showing up on a Sunday and playing a game, like you're, you know, you fellas ringing you for. ACs and boys need lifts places and you know lads might need to go to a doctor you know you, you become like um, almost like a father figure to a team some in, in some respects you know yeah um, and I, I've only seen that this this year you know but saying that Mike it's been really enjoyable um, you know we've we've a really good team there and um, you know as we're, as we'll, we'll get into, we're in the final on the 21st and, you know, we, we have as good as chance as anyone of winning it, wherever we meet. Um, yeah, go through, the, go through the season so far, so Richie, so you, there's there's four teams seniors and then you finish top, so you're directly into the, the final. I know the semi-final is going to be uh, this weekend, is it, to see who plays you in the final? Yeah, so senior division, there was four teams, um, Westmead, Waterford, Hoboken and Tip. And um, it was a fairly tight championship. Every team kind of beat every team. Yeah. We had a we actually had a draw with Tip and a and a win against Tip. So we ended up top in the group. Um, and then Hoboken were guaranteed second. And then last Sunday, Westmead they Tip to see who would get third place. Um, so Tip beat Westmead. But I suppose another thing that we haven't talked about either is probably the the championship at home and how it's affecting the sanctions here as well because I know I know Westmead lost their two sanctions before that tip game um, and they had another two boys missing with weddings and whatever but um, it was just unfortunate the way it happened because Westmead were, were really building momentum and they started beating everyone in the championship they beat us they beat yeah. Hawke and then you know they were coming up to tip um, but tip beat them on the day so tip are playing um, they're playing Hawke now Sunday this Sunday in the semi-final and the winner will play Watford on Sunday week. I caught some of the end of that game actually last Sunday. I was up there uh, up at Gaelic Park. I caught it at the end of a couple of games this year. They looks their hurling looks to be good. It's good, fast pace. It's competitive. Yeah. It's exciting from what I gathered. Uh, am I right in saying that? And how the championship has gone yeah, this year? No, it's been a great been a great championship this year. Um, like we had two rounds in the senior, so each team played six games. Um. And I would say out of all those games, Mike, maybe maybe three were one-sided. Every other game was last puck of the game stuff, maybe two-point win, one-point win, you know. So it's great when a championship's been that close all year and, you know, for the people coming in. The crowds have been getting bigger and bigger gradually because they know what they're coming to see now, you know. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that the semi-final this, this Sunday will be an absolute ding-dong battle as well. So you touched on the the sanctions there, Richie. I know from the football and uh, involved with Brooklyn this year and Kerry and the 
inter- the intermediate is kind of like they're still in the playoff section and the senior they're only halfway through and it's coming up to the 90 days for these sanctions coming over the summer and the club championship is starting at home and fellas are under pressure yeah. you know, Boston have their fi- finals this week and Chicago was last week we're yeah. going to be running into the end of September here now I'd say with <laughs> New York <laughs> so uh, <laughs> what's the so how, how has that affected the, the players that have been over for the summer fee and uh, any kind of big name players that that have been over I know Mark Ellis is there uh, yeah. tip um, I guess it has it has affected uh, a lot of teams like I said there Westmead lost their two sanctions they were too um, too odd for boys um, Kerwin and Dalton they went home to play with their clubs the weekend because their championship started and you know yeah. some boys are so dedicated to their clubs and the pressure comes on and they've parents or uncles ringing you have to come home and play and you know when, when the All-Irelands were in September that wasn't the case. A lot of a lot of club championships mightn't start in September or the end of September. Even. Yeah. But now, with the championship at home being over in the middle of July, most championships are started by the the first of August, you know, or the first week of August. Um, I know my two of my boys are getting pressure to go home um, from their club, you know, and yeah. like you know, if they go home in the next ten days, they miss out on playing a senior a senior championship final, you know. But the pressure is coming on, like and. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Um, like I know there's talks about next year, maybe the championship goes back a month at home, like the senior hurling and senior football to, to August, which would probably suit a lot better, you know, especially yeah. with like, teachers and, and all them. They, they would get their full three months out here, you know. Um, but regarding the quality of sanctions that are over this year, um, really, really, really good standards. Like I mentioned, two of the boys there from from uh, Westmead they have another player Mangan centre forward he's a very decent player um, we're unfortunately they're out they're out right now um, we were lucky enough in full transfers we picked up um, we picked up uh, Murphy Brothers from Antrim really really good hurlers um, and we had three sanctions out um, Paddy Cummins from Gart and Jason O'Donoghue from Gart two absolutely gifted hurlers and we actually lost our, our third sanction. He was a centre back, uh, Sean Duffin. He went home, club, you know, club pressure yeah. and, and whatever. So we lost him. And we won't have him for the final. Um unless we can get a private jet and, and bring him back and something, you know, <laughs> sneak sneak him out from yeah. the house. But uh Tip have Mark Ellis, who's you know, outstanding hurler at home and, and here. Um he's actually full transfer, like so he's you know, he's not even a sanction. They had they got three sanctions on top of that, which were uh three Antrim boys that played in that Joe McDonald final against Kerry. Um, All right. three outstanding hurlers as well. But I think same thing with him. One of those guys got sick and he's gone home. He's gone home as well. So they're down to two sanctions. And then Hoboken Hoboken, who were probably the strongest team coming into the championship, they lost Johnny Glynn. Um, I know I heard he got like damaged onto one of his eyes um, in a game, and he also I believe tore a hamstring. So, like he's you know an All Ireland winner, like you're losing him. You know that's a massive dent to your team straight straight away. They have another big danger in Paul Gordon. He's been injured the last few games. I don't know if he'll be back Sunday or not. Um, hopefully he is. Um, he's he's been one of their better players over the last few years, but they still have you know they still have their top players like Killy McMahon and Gold's great player, um Dara Walsh from Clare he's one of their forwards, absolute brilliant player. I think there's clips of him on on the internet of goals he scored out here, you know. Yeah. 
Um, but I, I think I've touched on most of them there. Like, um, Hoboken's sanctions, Luke O'Connor, centre forward, very, very good player. And David Ladd in the corner, Niall Cohen, not, not from Galway, another very good player. So, you know, these boys have been lighting up, lighting up Gaelic Park. Um, I actually forgot one, David Luke Prendergast as well for Westmead. He was, he just came on like a rocket. The first few games for Westmead, he was just scoring points from all over the park, you know. So wow. it's great. It's great to see it. And, you know, like we, t- we talked about earlier, the fact that it's limited to three players, you know, it, it really, like, it really makes the home base knit in. And it's a lot easier knitting around three boys, you know what I mean? And, 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 yeah. You know, get the whole team to come in together just with three lads in it. You know, it was when I came out and you were looking at 11, 11 boys that you didn't know, you know, or, or, or eight boys you didn't know, I should say. Um, but yeah, that's, I guess that's, that's where the championship is at right now. Yeah, I, even when, when COVID happened there, there was seemed to be a big influx of like uh, home-based players across the board hurting a football just came out of the shadows and decided to play because yeah. those sanctions weren't there. So yeah. whoever was training all year was going to be, had a fair whack of uh, of starting or being involved, whereas yeah. their fellow wasn't getting off a plane and, and, and taking someone's place. Like So um, it's it's been good that you, that the the weekend sanctions at least have been have been taken, I think. Although some people might go to the park to see yeah. various players, like, but you know, you got to look after the, your home base players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I guess if you look at it from from that point of view, you know, you're you're drawing a crowd to come and watch a player. But what are what are the club forking out to get that player to the park? Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, so there's 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 a, a plus and a minus every time. Like, so uh, the system's working right now. Um, and I guess we'll talk about a bit later about the underage system and how that, you know, how this this method right now with the three sanctions is helping that. You know, there's a lot more places on the team. But I guess we should go into the junior championship first before before we move on. Um, initially in the junior championship this year, there were supposed to be four teams too. Um, there's Tipperary Bees, Limerick, Clare, and Ulster. But maybe two weeks before the championship Ulster pulled out. Um, so it just left us with three teams. Um Clare have been the dominant force in, in in that. They've they've won every game so far. Um each team is actually playing each other three times. I think the second round is done right now, and the CCC met and they've just made a decision that there's no point in the third round. Clare can't be caught. So let's just put Clare in the final and tip will play. Tip will play Limerick in the semi-final and the winner of that will play Clare in the final. Um, I'm not sure when that semi-final is going to happen. Um, because Tip, you know, Tip have their senior team too, so they're playing Sunday. And I think they, all their drafts come from their junior team. So um, all right. if Tip lose Sunday, you know, that game against Limerick will possibly be played next week. Um, but if they win, I don't know. The, the I know the final is set right now for the 28th of August, so... Um, we just have to wait and see when the semi-final is on. But like I said, Clare, are, you know, Clare just been the real dominant force in that championship. And Ulster did Ulster win it two years ago, Richie? Ulster, oh, Ulster won the senior championship either four or five years ago. Um, they lost the what did they win? They won the junior two years ago. Yeah, they beat Westmead last bucket of the game. Yeah. So like and like I mentioned earlier with Offley, like Ulster were a dominant force too. Like Ulster were 
winning junior and senior, you know, or yeah. close to it every year. Um, but again, it's just another team that's folded, and you know, unfortunately, that's the way New York kind of kind of goes. Like I know, and I, I'm not speaking highly of us and, and negative of anyone else, but I know with with Waterford, you know, the team was built from junior with a strong home base, and that home base that that won the junior is still there with the senior team, you know. And, All right. Um, and I suppose that, that whole three sanction thing helped as well, you know. If the, the home base plays playing, you know. And where are your are players from all over the country playing with Waterford, Richie? Yeah. Where are they all? Yeah, yeah. No, they're every, everywhere, Mike. Um, there was actually messages coming into the Facebook this week. There was a picture up, and someone someone had commented under it saying it'd be great to get names and counties, you know, under under the picture for every player. So, um, someone did that, and it's up on it's up on our Facebook page. But they're from everywhere. Wexford, Westmead, Dublin, Clare, Kerry, Galway, Antrim, you know, it's all over. Like um, whereas the, I know the, the the Tipperary Club would have a would have that connection with Tipperary, wouldn't they? They'd have yeah, a lot of the yeah. tip lads. Yeah, they'd have they'd be predominantly tip all right. Um and similar to Ulster, Ulster were probably, you know, a lot mainly Antrim boys and you know, it would have been the backbone of it. But um, you know, they still would have had boys from all over. Like a lot of people, I guess, you know, sometimes people come out here and they say, oh, Claire playing tip. And, you know, it's it's not a county out here. It's a club. Yeah. You know, it was originally set up probably by a Clare man or a Cork man or whatever. But, you know, it's a, it's a club at the end of the day. Like, so you're representing that club, even though it has a county name and the, the jersey might represent the jersey from home. It's still it's still a club out here, yeah. you know. And you're trying to you're trying to break that. uh Duopoly or of the yeah. last couple of years where Tip won it last year and Hoboken uh, won it, it was it three years in a row pr- prior to that. Yeah. So uh, yeah. you're trying to last four years, yeah. So you know it's the first the first time in in four years, yeah, four years previous the two boys have, have contested or two teams have contested. So this is hopefully we can come in and just do it in one year. You know it'd be great. But... Who are your kind of standout players, Richie? I know you mentioned some earlier in terms of the sanctions, but who are your? Um, I guess our standout players over the last few years, um, we've um, we've a really solid centre back in Larry McDonald. He's been um, he's been out for most of the year. He just came back for the last game. He he was injured, and it was actually good timing because we lost we lost that sanction who was playing centre back for us. Um, Lar came in like Lars. Lars probably only about seventy five percent of what he could do, you know. But yeah. he's still outstanding, like scoring. You know, he scored two or three points from his own forty five last day. You know, he's a, he's a great player. Um, then with James Birmingham, he's Lars a Wexford man. James Birmingham's a, a Westmead man. Um, he's the captain of the team. Um, absolutely gifted player as well. Ridiculous wrists, great skill. Another man can score points from eighty ninety yards. You know. Um, I guess I, one guy I really want to mention is James Breen he's he's our full back um, James' dad is from Kilkenny but James is an actual New Yorker like born and bred here alright and he is he is one of if not the best full back in, in New York like he's just he's absolutely outstanding like he's just sticky he, he gets the hurl in every, every time like you know and he's got that you know he's got it in him that if 
if he feels the player is going to beat him in the air, he gets down before the player gets down with the ball and then he corrals him, you know, and it's it's just, he's got a great brain and like he's a serious dual player too, like he's a great football player too, plays at Rangers. Um, but yeah, it's great, it's great to see that, you know, that an all-American all born and bred and, you know, he's competing with county players, you know. And Are there many Americans playing at senior level in hurling out here? American born um, lads. There is. I know Brandon Hickey is playing with um, Westmead, cornerback. Um, there's Jack Martin was playing. Garo Kennedy is a great, great player for um, for Tipperary. Um, I know ourselves, we we drafted a lot of uh, American players like like Tiernan Matters, Mikey Brosnan, you know, also gifted footballers, but, you know, they're actually good at hurling too. Like, you just don't get to see it as much, you know. I didn't realise they played hurling, did they? Yeah, yeah. Tiernan, Tiernan was starting for us last year, wing back. You know, he just has the strength to stick yeah. with a player and he has the athleticism to get up in the air and catch the ball. You know, he's yeah. he's similar to James Breen. He's an all-rounder. Like, you know, I'd say he can play any sport. And, and he has the attitude. He's a great guy on and off the field, you know. Um, um, are, you, are you out in Randall's Island training as well, Richie? What's no, we, the training we schedule? Do, we do our training in Bancourt and Park. Right oh, right, okay. Gaelic Park. Um, so we do most of our training there. And, you know, if, uh, if we can get into Gaelic Park for the odd session, we'll take it. Or, you know, if we can get a challenge game up in Rockland, we'll do that, you know, stuff like oh, that. Right. So there are many fellas like coming from Queens to go up to Van Cortland Park to train. Or would you yeah. be... There would yeah, be. There would be. We've we've three or four coming from Queens and the city. You probably know Keelan. Keelan Hickey plays football with Kerry. Uh, Kerry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Keelan's Keelan's probably the stickiest cornerback in in New York. You know, he's he's been around a while now, man, and there is no one getting around him. Look, you know. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he's he's a great player and a great guy also. Um, He's one of two Cork fellas out here playing with Kerry. And yeah, I'm the other fella. And he was actually, Keelan was here a few years and I, um, before I actually reached out to him. I think I actually asked you, Mike, if you'd play hurling for us at one oh, I think you did actually, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you don't want to see that. Yeah, but I asked Keelan, just like, I knew he played football because I used to play with Kerry a bit back in the day and I just randomly asked him, I was like, do you ever play hurling? He's like, oh, I did, yeah. And I just said, why did you not play out here? And he's like, no one asked me. And I was like, well, I'm asking you now, do you want to play Hurling? And then, you know, he turns out to be one of the best cornerbacks in the county. Wow. So it's just, that's that's key in a nutshell right there, like, you know. Jeez. Are you twice a week up there, yeah? Tuesday, Thursday? Yeah, yeah you'd go Tuesday, Thursday. Oh, and then... Was there a, was there any league campaign this year, Richie? Was it? No, no, there wasn't. Um and you know, it, was kind of, it was kind of do a league or or have two rounds of a championship, you know, yeah. like um because you could do a league, but um I suppose you could still do a league, Mike, but I guess yeah. with the with the with you know, you had the you had the footballers going home this year, both junior and senior, and a lot of them were dual players too, like so you know, there was a lot of limited time with the park and a lot of limited time with the All-Ireland happening and there was just so much going on this year I think we just kind of let the league go you know and just went, okay. with, the, went with the championships and the junior has been competitive enough even though there's been three yeah well Clare well it hasn't really Clare won every game but saying that they only won a couple of games by a few points like so you know a team could catch them Limerick or, or Tip could catch them yet you know 
Okay. Um, moving on there. So, Richie, uh, just just would you clarify there what your, your position? So, you're the the county chair of the New York yeah. division. How does that work in terms of the hierarchy and where John? So, is I guess. To... Yeah, I guess John is. You know, John's our leader. Um, and then each there's so many divisions under John. Like you have the senior football, the intermediate football, and then the junior football. So each one of those divisions would have a chair, and then you have the hurling division, and I would be chair of the hurling division. So, um, that's that's my title within New York. Um, and then obviously I'm the Watford the Watford hurling manager also. Yeah, that's that's kind of my role. Um, I know that you've been like, uh, of course, like football is probably the main. There's more fellas playing football out here than there is hurling, and of course, the the New York had that intercounty football team for the last twenty years, and I know it's something that New York had in the past, but it's something you'd like to see again, where you'd have a a New York intercounty hurling team. Give us your thoughts about that and how that might come about, and the chances of it coming about. Yeah, so we we actually met. So for the, the past few years, I guess we've been putting a plan together to try and get into the Laurie Matter competition at home, and we were actually in talks before COVID. But then when COVID hit, sure, you know the whole thing went out the window. Um, but it came back around this year again, and you know we met with the the Connacht Hurling development officers. They came out on a, on a trip out here, and they did a few coaching sessions around, and we sat down with them. Um, myself, Mike, Mike Kennedy, who would be, you know, over the, the underage hurling in New York, Tipperary man. Um, so we sat down, we met with him. Um, Simon Gillespie also would be the games development officer. Um, we sat, we met with him, we told him our intentions for, you know, they knew our intentions to try and get into Laurie Matter. But unfortunately, this year, the Laurie Matter had changed. So the previous year's Laurie Matter was two groups of three. And even some of the years, there was one group of three and one group of two which would have suited us because we could have gone home and you could have possibly played two games in a week and um, come back. And if, you know, if you had won the games, you go back for a final or if you didn't, you just come home. Um, but this year they, they put every, all the teams into one. So it was a group of six and everyone played each other. So, you know, they're going from two games to possibly five games, um, you know, and, and going over and back five times is not not really yeah. feasible for for us for our initial our initial hurling team going home, you know. Yeah. And um, but something something's after coming up now which is actually exciting and it, it's it's I would say I'm eighty percent confident of going ahead. So when we met with the the guys from Connacht, um, they said they have the Connacht hurling league, which takes place at the start of every year in the the dome um i can't remember the name i'm after losing the name but no but the you know where they played all the indoor football and, and hurling and yeah Connacht. i think people just know it as a dome anyway yeah yeah but um so the Connacht hurling league is it takes place in that the the first or second week of of january and it runs from like a tuesday to a saturday um so you know we we could bring a team home to that and you know, you've been playing the likes of Sligo, Mayo, Leitrim, Roscommon, and possibly London. You know, two groups of three. You play, you play probably a Tuesday, Thursday, and then a final or a semi-final on a Saturday. Right. Um, so it would be a great initial experience just to show our intent of going home and that we have the hurlers to do it. And you know what level we're at, I guess. Yeah. You know, all those teams would be at different levels as well. Um, so you know that's something that that could happen. Um, we're we're pushing for it. Um, I know the the committee for it at home in Connacht aren't meeting again until September, but 
we sent our letter of intent and you know okay it, you know, it's 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 a five day trip instead of you know possible two week trip at Lonely Matter, you know, stuff like that. You could all stay in one area, it's you know, it's it's definitely feasible. And like that, if if we get on well and we show our intent, maybe we do that for two years running and then we approach Gale or Gaelic Park Crow Park and, and ask for um, you know, could you bring the Lonely Matter back to two two divisions again so we could compete in it, you know, instead of the instead of the five or six teams. Um so I guess that's our plan of action for now. Um, wow. But saying that, if that all goes ahead, um, you know, you'll be bringing, obviously the hurling's going to end in a couple of weeks. By the end of August, you'll be looking to bring boys back in probably the end of October, start November and get a, get a camp going, you know. So yeah, that's something, you know, it's something. Uh, and we need that, Mike, as well, because, you know, you need to be able to go out and like obviously all the kids, like I see my young fella, he's playing under under sevens with Barnabas football and, and Lakeela Hurland and like all the young kids now we're starting to see all these kids going home to Ireland to compete in the junior football and obviously the senior football is the yeah. biggest in the park in every year but it would be great for Ireland to see oh New York have a Hurland team they're coming home and absolutely you know they're playing all these teams who knows we might get challenge games in the park for kids to see as well you know um, in Hurland Um. So that's that's kind of where where we're at with that. But I suppose one of the last things we have to talk about it would be underage hurling, unless you have anything else to. No, no, that's that's what I wanted. I was going to yeah. just morph into that there. Like, what's the, how many kids are playing hurling underage here, and is it hard for American kids to pick up the sport? Yeah. Or, or what's the state of play here with, in terms of hurling? I guess compared to home, it's definitely harder um, because there is a lot more options out here, especially when they're going to the schools out here, you know, they're offered basketball and baseball and lacrosse and whatever. But um, I guess to be brutally honest with you, our biggest competition with hurling out here is still Gaelic football. You know, it's the same as Kerry, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and I, you know, it's it I, I I don't know what it is. I guess football's promoted more, it's easier for kids to play football. You know, you have one football, twenty lads can play, like with hurling, you need to provide the hurleys, the helmets, the slitters. Um, but getting away from that point of it, um, underage right now, we've we've four teams from under seven to under fifteen. Um, St. Pat's would be the Connecticut side, Shannon Gales and Queens, Rockland, obviously up in Rockland, and then Lakela, who would be they're, I guess they're based in Yonkers, Bronx area. They're, they'd be kind of like a brother company or sister company to the Barnabas or sister team to Barnabas, you know, like yeah. most of the kids that play with, with Lakeela Hurling would play Barnabas football. Um, and then once that gets under 17, you have you have three teams. Um, you have three teams, Lakeela, Rockland, Shannon Gales. Um, uh, but actually, getting back to the underage, we actually won... The failure actually went home. They won the Division 4 plate. Like, I know people might say it's Division 4 or whatever, but it's still a great achievement, you know, for kids to go home from America and win, win the Division 4, you know. I saw that, John. The kid, like, kids will have memories of it. I know talk, oh, some of the American lads, they talk about when they went back and won the failure seven yeah. or eight years ago. Like, it's, yeah. it's ingrained in their memory. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, and that's how you keep kids interested and that's how you progress on and show them a pathway to the senior hurling. Yeah. The county team, if it, if it happens. But yeah, it's huge. 
Yeah, and then it didn't happen this year yet, but it's probably going to start maybe late September, October. We have a hurling development squad because you, you still have that leap from that under-17 group to getting to a junior hurling team or a senior hurling team. So we've had a development squad where, you know, a lot of the senior managers would come together and we'd meet on a Friday night and we'd probably get a couple of senior players too, like Johnny Glynn's come a few nights. And we'll every young American under seven, from, let's say, under 15 to under 19 is invited and they can come and they'll do a session every Friday night with us, you know. And, you know, it was it was great to see last year and we had big numbers. Because um, the interest is there, like, you know, the interest is there. But right now they're kind of getting to that level where they hit under 17, 18, and they go to a junior game and they're not playing or sitting on the bench for three or four games and then they lose interest, you know, or they're, they're, we need to we need to bridge that gap. Um, so right now there is talks of possibly doing a novice hurling championship, which would be, you know, the likes of Shannon Gales, um, Rockland, Lakeela, um, I, whoever else we could get into maybe Jersey Shore possibly even if it was 11 aside or, or something like that you know just to bridge that gap from from 17 yeah. to, to junior um, and obviously they could draft up you know to the junior teams we need to get that novice division probably up and running uh, just so that they have somewhere to go after you know they get to minor level just you know if they're sitting on a bench for a junior team or a senior team, at least they're still getting hurling with that novice team. You know yeah. what I mean? It would be the next step. Um, but you know, great, great credits due to to the guys running running um, the underage right now. Like Mike Kennedy's, you know, he's a serious ambassador for hurling. And I can see with my my young fella, like the the Kennedys, um, Emery and Lawrence. You know, they're at every training with the kids. Their own two sons are there training the younger guys even after their training or before their training like there's there's still serious interest out here for from families towards hurling like you know yeah. um, and it's great it's great to see it but saying that even you know the football is still you know it's still it's still the key sport like i see it even at under seven like you know you, a lot of boys will be you know the best footballers are the best hurlers you know what i mean but if there's a football game and a hurling game there's only one way they're going you know yeah, um, and unfortunately, that there's I don't know what we can do to change about it, you know, or how we change it. But um, yeah, it must be like the access to equipment, I suppose. And I do think the Americans can pick it up more. It's it's easy. It is easier to learn football in comparison yeah. to to hurling. Yeah, and of course, you've got that structure built in already that there's so many football teams here and with the senior that's team. That's how that's why it is so important that you get the intercounty team up and running and see if it works. Yeah, but um, like it is like talking to James Breen that I mentioned earlier, like our fullback, like he said there was no real club, you know, for him they played a bit in in, mm. in colleges and Barnabas did like maybe one night every couple of weeks or whatever. Um, but now, like, it's great to see the structure of, you know, the four teams all coming through and, you know, they'll eventually, like, they're they're the ones that are pushing it. And it's the people that are coaching those teams and are pushing those underage teams are the ones that are going to make that, eventually, that progression through to the, to the, the adult hurling. Just the same as the football, you know, they, they didn't stop, like, Barnabas didn't stop until they got to where they are right now. Yeah. And right now they're unstoppable in the football, you know what I mean? It's... 
and that's great to see too like you know there's so many big names coming over from Ireland and they're getting beat by a, bu- a bunch of New Yorkers yeah. No. They're, yeah, they're good they're fit man yeah. <laughs> but it, it's time is chipping away with it it's putting a structure in place like you've seen the development squad with the football here how how yeah. important that has been for as a stepping stone to get all these American born lads not even yeah. on the senior team but to improve them improve their games so that when they do go back to their clubs that they're they're better players and playing against yeah. other players playing with other players so you're on the right yeah. track you're on the right track Richie um Hopefully it'll bear fruit in a couple of years. Yeah, no. Hopefully we get a few more James Breens out of it. You know, that's that's what we want. <laughs> no bother, Richie. Anything else you wanted to cover before we? Uh... Um, no, I think I think we touched all bases. No, Mike. Um, just want to thank you for for having me on and let me ramble on there about hurling for a while. You know, <laughs> no worries at all. You get you get enough people on about the big balls. Things <laughs> more, on, more on for the small balls. You know? <laughs> Yeah, true. We'll get you on again, Richie. I might be up for the final. We'll see. Yeah. Just wanted to mention as well the um the uh the, the new GA app, the New York app, the, the yeah. club's app app. That's uh, there's been like uh, the hurling has got most coverage this this summer, Richie. There's been reports up there. I knew I also posted them on the, the longhaulpodcast.com, but the app is given uh free reports there on all the hurling games this year. I know Frank yeah. Brady's at home, so there hasn't been much in terms of football. <laughs> so you've been getting the uh match reports there. If people want to look back on them, ch- check the team sheets, everything's up there. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great to see, it's great to see every week, you know. And, it's the first thing the boys are looking for as well, you know. They want to see if they made yeah. a report, like you know. So it is. It's great, and it's great to have that to be able to send back to Ireland, you know, to their families and all that stuff. It is. Yeah. It is great, and you know, fair play to Frank for doing it for the years. He didn't. Did do it for the papers and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um. But it is the the world has gone more digital now, Mike, and it's nice to be able to just click online and you see the report come straight yeah, up. That's yeah. true. I was trying to do them last year. I, I think I got all the finals covered last year, but uh, it was a lot of effort. So if there's any anyone out there who wants to write reports on yeah. any of the football matches for the rest of the season, give us a shout. We'll put it on the app or we'll put it on the longhaulpodcast.com. So yeah. anything we can do to promote the game here is... Uh, it's all good. Yes, one thing I want to do before I go is thank Sharon Redikin too. Like she, that girl is amazing. Absolutely. The photograph she takes is they're just amazing. Like they're top quality. It's great to see as well. Like and again, you know, I don't know how many profile pictures she's put up on Facebook or Instagram for that this year. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. It really adds to the. It really adds to the dynamic of playing here. Yeah. You know, see your picture there. It really adds to the the experience of going up to Gala Park and playing. In fairness, Sharon, she's been at, I, she's at nearly every game up there. I don't know how yeah, she goes. No, yeah, she's, she's amazing. Fair play, sir. She wouldn't do a couple of reports for me. I asked her. There's no, no chance there. <laughs> <laughs> she was doing the line actually last week in our Kerry game. So fair play yeah. to her. Fair play, sir. Is right. Um, but yeah, thanks, Mike. Thanks so much. Thanks for All right, me. Rich, and uh, best of luck in the final uh, next week. And that's all for this week. Let us know what you think by leaving us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Long Haul Podcast or visit our website, thelonghaulpodcast.com. Please like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. This will ensure that we can get even more episodes to you more often if you'd like to send in your own match reports or stories about new york ga please reach out to us on these social media channels slonga and thanks for listening